St. Gregory, in speaking about today's gospel, says these words, The the crooked ways are made straight when the hearts of men, distorted by evildoing, are made straight by the rule of justice. Rough ways are made smooth when cruel and angry men are led by the infusion of heavenly grace to the mildness and of gentle conduct. The moments of confession we mentioned are going to be available. And so we're going to speak a little bit about confession today in this, in this sermon. Throughout the life of another St. John, St. John Bosco, he had numerous dreams that were sent by God. And about these he said, quote, I realized that God willed that I should reveal what I had seen. For this reason, and to rid myself of these nightmares, I have decided to tell you everything. Let us thank the Lord for his mercy. Meanwhile, let us strive to carry out his admonitions, no matter what way he may choose to make them known to us. And let us use the means he sends to enable us to save our souls. Well then, here are the dreams which I would rather forget, but must reveal. And from this we will speak about one dream, and the dream that he had concerning confession. For in this dream he found himself in the confession, and there was a very long line, and he realized he needed help, so he went out to find the other priests. And as he was walking along, he walked by the boys and he noticed something. He noticed, he said, quote, I noticed that some boys had a noose around their necks, which nearly choked them. What is that rope for? I asked. Take it off. In reply, they just stared at me. You, I said to a youngster, go to that boy and slip the noose off his neck. The boy went and came back saying, I can't get it off. Someone is holding it. Come and see. After he went, he noticed, he said, I saw two very long horns jutting out behind many of them. I got closer to the nearest one to me, and drawing up behind him, I saw a hideous cat clinging tightly to the noose. What are you doing here? I asked again while threatening with holy water. And that cat showed him the nooses. He asked, quote, what are they? What do they mean? You don't understand? I wrote these boys into making bad confessions. With these nooses, I drag nine-tenths of mankind into hell. With the first noose, I make the boys conceal their sins in confession. And with the second, I make them confess without true sorrow. And with the third, I won't tell you. You had better tell me, or I'll drench you with this holy water. No, no, I will not. I've talked too much already. And then it growled, growled furiously. Tell me so that I can inform the directors of our schools, I demanded, raising the sprinkler. Flames and even a few drops of blood darted from the beast's eyes as it grudgingly muttered. With the third noose, I keep them from making a firm resolution and carrying out their confessor's advice. Well, after this, St. John Bosco drenched him with holy water anyway, and then he fled. But he had this to say to the boys. He said, My dear boys, I would never have thought that so many of you had nooses around your necks. You know what they stand for. 
The first noose shames a boy into concealing sins in confession or lying about the number of times. The second stands for a lack of sorrow, and the third for the lack of resolution. And then he said, I also forced the devil to tell me why he was crouching behind your backs. And he said, So that I can't be seen. That way it is easier for me to drag them into hell. Those of you who had those monsters behind their backs were far more numerous than I would have believed. And then he said, Make of it what you will, but it is a fact that I did check these things and found that what I had dreamed was quite true. This was St. John the Bosco, St. John Bosco. So it illustrates an important fact that we have to come with true contrition in our, in our souls. We have to confess honestly and openly. And we have to have that firm resolution to overcome these sins. This is what is essential to confession. Opposed to hiding the sins, we have a humble confession where we confess all the sins, all the types of sins. And we don't hide them or try to conceal them by different words. And we, we confess the number of times. Now, you may not be able to remember the exact number, but you give a good amount, a good number about for a number of weeks. This is how many times this has happened. So that the priest understands the number of sins, at least the good number. The lack of sorrow, opposed to the lack of sorrow, we have a true sorrow in our heart. And this is what we will speak about today. And then for the lack of resolution, we have to have that firm resolution. And we say this in confession, don't we? I firmly resolve to avoid the near occasions of sin. I firmly resolve to avoid the near occasions of sin. We can't lie in that confession. Firmly resolve means... I am willing to do anything that I can to avoid this near occasion of sin. Our Lord said, the, uh, a person who, uh, who um, it, uh, is better for a man to go, into, uh, to, to go into heaven maimed. If your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. If your leg causes you to sin, cut it off. That's how far we should be in our desire to get rid of those occasions of sin. Pope Leo XIII reminds priests that they cannot absolve people in the following state. And here he quotes the Roman ritual. And he says, quote, Those who show no signs of grief, those who do not wish to give up hatreds or enmities, Father, I won't forgive that person. Well, I can't forgive you. You're not willing to forgive them. To make restitution when they can. To avoid proximate occasions of sin. Or to use other means of abandoning their sins and amending their lives. And those who have given public scandal, unless they make public satisfaction and remove the scandal... Those who have given public scandal, unless they have made public satisfaction and removed the scandal. We can think of many, many public figures who would fall into this if they have not made that public restitution. 
So first of all is that contrition. Sorrow, that sorrow that comes from contrition is a very specific kind. It's a sorrow and it's a detestation for sin that's been committed with the purpose of sinning no more. It's a detestation for sins that have been committed with a firm purpose, purpose of sinning no more. It's a very unique kind of sorrow. And it's a greater sorrow than we should have even on the natural level. The Council of Trent says that this sorrow, quote, no other sorrow, not even that which is felt for the death of parents or children or even other, any calamity is called contrition. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It concerns us being overwhelmed by the forfeiture of the grace of God and our own innocence. This is what contrition is. And so this contrition, and you'll excuse me, my, I, uh, in the military we learn things by acronyms, and so I'm going to present an acronym to you to help us to remember. And this is I-F-U-S-E-S. If, I-F, somebody uses this kind of sorrow, they will gain much fruit. So I, for internal, F, for formal, U for universal, S for supernatural, E for effective, and S for supreme. Okay, we'll speak about these. Internal. It needs to be internalized, our sorrow. The Council of Trent says it should be so perfect that it excludes all apathy and indifference. If your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. It can't be, well, I'm kind of sorry. We have to have that firm resolution. There is nothing greater than dying with a mortal sin on your soul. It sets our place for all eternity. And so there must be no, there is no greater evil. We have to remove that at all costs. It has to be internal. And remember that it does not have to have that sensible sorrow. You know, there's, there's, sometimes we may say, well, I don't have those tears. But it, it's something that is in the will. I will not fall into this again. I will not fall into this. The Catechism of Trent says, The faithful are not thence to conclude that this sorrow consists in sensible feeling. For contrition is an act of the will. By sorrow the fathers understood a hatred and a detestation of sin. It's internal because we understand what sin is. And, we, and it's internal because we have a will not to fall into this again. It's internal. It's formal. I-F. Formal. It has to be sincere. A true contempt for one's sin. One must form that in one's in one soul. Very explicit. St. Anthony Marie Claret says, An explicit detestation for the sin and the desire of not committing it anymore. We must formalize it. Internal and formal. You. It must be universal. It has to include all our mortal sins. All those mortal sins that we have not confessed. Remember that little drawing in the Baltimore Catechism. 
We have a boy who's walking into confession and he has two boxes and these are his sins. And when he goes in there and he holds back one mortal sin, he comes out with three boxes. That is a sacrilegious confession. He has just added another sin on and he hasn't had those other two forgiven. And so somebody who's suffering from that must go to confession and confess everything from his last, uh, his last uh, good confession. Supernatural. It must be from a supernatural motive. It's acceptable to have attrition when you go to confession. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to miss out on heaven. That's a supernatural motive. But we want to have more than that. I am sorry because it has offended God. Saint Anth- excuse me, Saint uh, Saint um, Alphonsus Marie de Ligori told priests how they can prepare people first to have attrition, and then to have contrition. He said, for example, you might say, "My son, where would you be? Where would you belong now if you were in eternity? Is it not in hell?" Think, in that fire you would be forever tormented, and no more hope would remain for you to be delivered. You would be there to stay, abandoned by everyone, cast off by God for all eternity. So do you regret offending God in view of the hell that you've earned? Then he says, inspire them to contrition, move their hearts to something higher. He goes on to say, care should then be taken to induce an act of perfect contrition. For example, you might say, My son, what have you done? You have sinned against the supreme God who is infinitely good. You had no reasonable cause for it. You turned your face from him. You cast him behind you, your back. You treated his friendship and His grace as though it was of little account. Realize who you have offended. Do you not repent of this with all your heart? Are you not ready now to die a thousand times than to do this again? True contrition in our soul because we realize who it is we've offended. God Himself. There was a priest who was visiting a man who was dying. And the priest said, I don't, the man said, I don't want to see you. He did not want to see this priest, even though he was dying and he hadn't been back to the sacraments for years. And he says, give me one good reason why I should go to confession, Father. He says, I'll give you five. And he presented the crucifix and started pointing out the wounds. Two, three. And the man started crying. And he went to confession. And he died. Forgiven of those sins. Supernatural. It must be supernatural. And it must be effective. We must put it into effect. Sorrow should include a resolve. A resolve to put in effect the means necessary to avoid these things. If your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. 
So if a computer or a phone causes you to sin, how much more? Get a filter on there. Get a dumb phone. Huh? We don't need all that information if, uh, if it's causing us to fall. Do anything. It, when we go into confession, it's not bad to already have in your mind the resolution that we're going to do. Father, I have done these, and this is what I've done to wipe it out. An effective means of overcoming that. A firm resolution of not sinning again. And finally, it must be supreme. St. Anthony says, It must be in such a manner that he detests sin above all other evils. One should be disposed to be deprived of all goods and suffer any evil rather than to return to one single mortal sin and prefer the love of God above all other things. We only have one shot at this. So we have to make it right. We have to do all that we can. Now, how do we arouse this sorrow in our soul? People come and prepare for confession, and they often make this long list. Do I have everything? But they forget to see if they've stirred up sorrow in their soul. To think about God who they've offended. To think about the great love that He has for us. And how I've returned with the lack of love. One fails to turn to Our Lady. She was there at the foot of the cross. She saw what sin did to her son. Ask her to help us to have true sorrow in our soul. And she will. She's a good mother. She wants us to have perfect confessions. To have perfect contrition in our soul. Ask them to help us as well. Remember that we should not be hiding a sin. The priest is a physician. How is the priest going to heal a wound if he doesn't know that it's there? We have to reveal. And if it's the most gruesome one, that's the one that needs to be healed more than any of them. We present ourselves to the physician to be healed. He's a father. He loves each and every one of His children. He wants them to get to heaven. And He's going to counsel you because He wants to help you. So there's no reason to hide those sins. We have every reason to have sorrow for our sins. And finally, we should make that sorrow very effective in carrying out the means. Remember that little acronym, if one uses the sorrow, one has good confessions. I, internal. F, formal. U, universal. S, supernatural. E, effective. And S, supreme. Just before St. John Bosco finished his conference with his boys, he added these few words. He said... Shortly before flying into a rage, the monster told me, See how much good boys draw from confession. If you want to know whether or not I hold them in a leash, see if they're becoming better. See if they're becoming better. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us.